0: You're listening to The Good GP, I'm Sean Stevens and today we're interviewing GP and homeless medical practitioner, Dr Andrew Davies. Welcome Andrew.
1: Hi Sean and thanks very much for having me.
0: Yeah, no, absolute pleasure. So Andrew, um, we did our GP training roughly around the same time, the same cohort through WA. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, what have you done since then, what are your hobbies and what attracted you to general practice and looking after homeless people?
1: It's a really interesting question because I'm probably the last person that you'd expect to be a GP working with homeless people. Um, I grew up in the western suburbs, went to a private school, spent my weekends sailing and one thing I was really sure of when I was a medical student was that I was never ever going to be a GP. Um, but then I spent too long as a junior doctor in the hospital system and found myself getting really jaded. And Sounds familiar, I was yeah. certainly the same. And then finally Uh, in the fourth round of applications for that year I um, rang up the college about two hours before they were due in and said can I get mine in on Monday please and they said yes and I got in Um, and I loved GP and uh, I was really interested though in the brain how it worked um, how medications and other drugs worked on it um, and one of my mentors suggested I do a shift on a, another service that works with homeless people called Street Doctor.
0: Oh, ah, yeah, yeah, I know uh, Street Doctor, uh, great service. Yeah, and um, from the
1: very first session, I was basically hooked.
0: Ah, fantastic. Yeah, look, I, I imagine it's a very rewarding um, but, but incredibly challenging job. Um, so um, tell me, what do you find is the most rewarding bit to being a GP for homeless people?
1: Well I think GP is all about the lifelong care of patients and that was what attracted me to it once I'd actually gone and experienced it um, compared to hospital medicine. Um, and it was particularly about the management of chronic conditions. And the thing with homeless healthcare is that it's all of those but in the extreme. Mm. Um, the life expectancy of a homeless person is only about 45 years right um two-thirds of them have at least a history of a drug or alcohol problem two-thirds have a mental health problem and 50 percent have at least one chronic medical condition wow so trimorbidity is the norm um and added to that there's a really high incidence of previous traumatic experiences and all the sequela of that Mm. um and let let's not forget the challenge of trying to deal with all of this when really the underlying social problem is the main determinant of their health. So all this results in us needing to work in a diverse multidisciplinary team and at Homeless Healthcare we work very closely with the homelessness services um, and other medical services to improve the health of people who are experiencing homelessness. Um, and what could be more rewarding than to see a person survive in that kind of situation, but not only that, actually thrive and mm. do well, and many of our patients do well.
0: Gee, that's, uh, that's a huge achievement. Um, yeah, look, in my practice, I, I see a very small number of, of homeless people, but uh, I'm always amazed at how difficult it is and, and amazed how complex the story is a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, So could you run us through a typical workday for you and and what that might look like?
1: Sure. Um, They're all different. So I thought I'd run through my normal Monday morning, Um, wake up at 5 to a god-awful alarm, Um, (laughs) get up and cook breakfast, and then at 5.30 I go walk the dog. And at 6 o'clock I go for a run. At 7.30 I'm back doing my emails, showering and all that kind of fun stuff. At 8 o'clock I then walk to Rua. I don't like driving anymore in Perth. <laughs> Sorry, Rua is? Um, it's a drop-in centre for homeless people. So it's somewhere where people can go, um, have a shower, uh, get a bit of food, and also speak to people that would be able to help them move on from homelessness, get housing, that sort of stuff. Great. Um, and at 8.30 we have a team meeting which consists of our nurses. We normally have some medical student volunteers that do some of the Uh, early contact with people while they're in the drop-in centres, Uh, we have the case managers from the centres, we have uh, street to home workers which work with uh, street homeless people, and we basically just do case meeting and discuss the people that we're all having difficulty with. At nine o'clock I go into our room and I wait. (laughs) Our nurses out there doing um, taking the list and triaging patients um, the longer it takes, the more I dread it, because uh, you know the list is going to be longer. Um, but fortunately for me, I don't have to do any setup of the clinic room. Um, I managed to get the nurses to do that before I arrive in the morning. And then sometime around 9:10, 9, 9:20, 9, I start. You're only up to 9:20, my yeah, goodness. Yeah. Um, and that usually goes for three, four hours. The day goes on, Uh, sometimes I go to other drop-in centres, sometimes we go to a drug rehab, times it's a temporary accommodation service. A lot of the time these days I spend in our Transitions Clinic in West Leederville, which is for those that are a little bit more stable and prefer to have an appointment and a bit more of a regular GP type environment. Mm. And then, of course, let's not forget that last year we started doing inreach into RPH, where we go to the wards and see anybody that's experiencing homelessness wow. and try and better manage the interface between primary and tertiary care. Yeah. So that's pretty much the typical day. Wow.
0: I thought my Monday was bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. Um, So, a typical suburban GP like me sees someone who is homeless, and if you don't have a lot of experience in this area, what tips and suggestions can you give us?
1: Sure. Um, It may seem like a really scary and overwhelming experience, but just relax. Okay. Okay, because the patient is way more scared and overwhelmed than you are. Homeless people don't access GPs, and the main reason for that is the previous bad experiences that they've had. Traumatised people are particularly sensitive uh, to verbal and non-verbal cues so anything that is interpreted as negative will be by anybody will be interpreted way more negative by a person that's experiencing homelessness. So it's all really about engagement Mm -hmm. and that first consult, um, there's going to be an overwhelming number of medical problems. the patient actually can't concentrate long enough to go through them all. Mm. So um, really just focus on that engagement, get talking to the person, ask them a bit about their story, Um, because if you try and deal with all the medical stuff in one consult, you're going to burn out. Mm. Um, And another thing I always say to the registrars and students that come through through our service is, do not examine on the first console.
0: Okay, that's if, a good
1: tip. Yeah, um, it's basically a, an invasion of privacy. Yep. Um, and the homeless person doesn't usually have enough trust of you in the mm. first consult. Yep. Um, of course, there's times when you do have to examine, but you need to be careful to explain exactly why. Yep. To the patient. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. Now, look, that's a that's an excellent tip. Um <clears throat> are there any topics that are no go for homeless people? For example, I'm never sure whether to raise the issue of accommodation and do you want accommodation um with people? Yeah.
1: Um really everyone is different. Mm-hmm. I think it's absolutely essential to raise the accommodation. Okay. Um and the way that we usually do it is we just ask people where did they sleep last night? Yep. Um, and if you get a vague answer, I usually sort of go, "What's what's on the streets?" Yeah. Um, but um, you'll find some people are really keen to to tell their entire story on yep. the first concert. You actually have to stop them because you don't have enough time to <laughs> right. deal with it all. <laughs> right. Um, and then there's others that you know. I've been doing this for 13 years, and I'm only just discovering really important parts of their history. Wow. Now. Yeah. particularly those that have been traumatised. So you really need to use that sort of GP sense that you've got of... Spider when you kind sense, of, I yeah, call it. Yeah. yeah, when you're kind of going down the wrong pathway and you're getting sort of cues that maybe these questions are touching on something, you just go in a different direction. Yeah. Um, that said, I... <sighs> There is one thing that I definitely don't probe about and that's the traumatic experiences. Okay. I always give the patients um, permission not to talk about them because yep. it can be re-traumatising. Yep. Um, and just tell them to tell us more when they feel comfortable about it and let's just focus on the symptoms that yep. you're getting because of it.
0: Okay, okay thank you. Another good tip. Um, it's incredibly challenging work that you do um, but I'm sure some of our listeners would be very intrigued. So, if someone was interested in joining your service, where could they go and how could they get in contact with you?
1: Yeah, it would be absolutely fantastic if someone was interested with us. Um, homelessness is only increasing um, and it's very hard to deal with the, the demand that we have. Um, the easiest way to contact me is by email which is Andrew Davies at hhc.org.au. Okay. Um, but if you prefer to call the practice, then the practice number is 62602092, and you can speak to either me or our practice manager.
0: Okay, fantastic. And if anyone didn't catch that, please feel free to email the WA faculty and we can pass on Andrew's details. Um, so, Andrew, <clears throat> we have a number of interstate listeners. Um, do you have any services or anything they can Google if interstate
1: uh, non-WA people are interested? Well, I think the first thing I should say if non-WA people are interested, that WA really isn't that far away and we have great weather in Perth. <laughs> um, we are really the only practice that's set up um, the way we are, where we work so closely with the other agencies and really focus on those social determinants. Some states do have some GP services that tend to work more in isolation. Um, and each state will have a homelessness service that's funded through federal government grants to the state. Um, and. I would actually contact them in the first instance because they have a really good idea about what's available and who can help. Uh, the difficulty is each state has a different organisations and some right. states like WA have you know, 9, 10 organisations that you can contact. So people can always contact us and we can put them in, in contact right. with the right people. Okay.
0: That's a very good idea. Thank you. Um, Well, thanks very much for for being part of the Good GP, Andrew. And if the college can assist you and your team in any way, please let us know.
1: Great. Thanks so much, Sean.
0: Great. Thank you.